0: Welcome to Parenting in Queens. I am your host, Cecilia Falcon, and in every episode I get to speak to incredible people that are honest about their parenting journey and why they choose to raise their children right here in Queens. I operate a group family daycare program called Tiny Bears House and it has been 10 years now. Working alongside many new parents, it inspired me to create this podcast. The importance of connecting is crucial in this new phase of our lives. And I hope this is a channel for empathy and community building. Today's guest is Andrea. She and her husband are raising two boys in Forest Hills. In this conversation, we learn from Andrea's lovely childhood in Pennsylvania, her reasons for loving living in Forest Hills. She shares her journey into motherhood so far, Andrea has launched her passion business last year called Organized From the Start, where she helps many families not only in the organization of their home, but the emotional load it takes to do so. This interview was recorded in February before the pandemic, and Andrea will do an IG takeover, and we will learn from her how her family dynamic has changed. Now, time for our interview. Thank you so much for tuning in.
1: Hi, Andrea. Thank you so much for having that time on this Monday and um, participating in this project that we have going on. Sure, thanks so much for having me, I'm excited. You grew up in Pennsylvania, right? Yes, I did, in a village of about 50 people. How was like, life back then? <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, very quaint. Uh, I had a lot of family members. Um, so I grew up on the land on part of the land that used to belong to my grandfather. Um, so my mom like has not left that area. I mean, so occasionally for travel, but like those are her roots and I have so many family. She's the youngest of 12. Uh, so there's so many family. I'm still in Pennsylvania and like in that immediate area. So it was nice, um, to have so much family so close together um and really have that like built-in village
1: it's literally a a village
2: (laughs) yeah it (laughs) is
1: a village (laughs) well what were some of your fondest memory from like you being a kid over there
2: yeah so i remember summers being like a free-range kid and running through the woods, playing in a, in a creek, catching crawfish and um, and just playing and like getting lost and kind of letting my imagination run away. And it was beautiful.
1: And now when you visit as an adult, how do you feel?
2: Sure. So as I got older, as a teenager, I was very like angsty and excited to move away. I always had my sights set on New York City um, since maybe middle school. Um, But going back now, especially with kids, knowing the childhood that I had and the physical freedom that I had, I really want my children to have those experiences. So it's wonderful being able to like take them to where my parents live and they get to run free kind of outside and run around in some woods and um you know there's a couple visits ago it was the middle of the night I already put the boys to sleep and they came running out into the living room and they're like oh my goodness mommy we can see so many stars And so for them to be in awe and in wonder of nature, it's just so beautiful. So I'm really glad that we have that space to return to
1: and kind of recharge. That's amazing. I I know that feeling too. Yeah. And then you feel a little (laughs) bit guilty, like, oh, we wish we had it more, you know? Yes. Yes, absolutely. And so that's why... um,
2: uh, when you did the podcast with connected chef um kim and i sent our children to the same program um the the early um childhood ed outdoor education program at the queen's botanical gardens
1: and how was that because i've been i just found out about it since her and i'm like oh i should do that how was your experience with them
2: so it was incredible and I actually spent uh, last year being a volunteer and a teacher at, part of, at the program um, because I loved it so much. It was such a beautiful experience and like I just mentioned about my childhood growing up, I wanted to find a way to connect my children to nature. And um, so when I found out about the project I was, or the program, I had to like have my kids in it and they loved it. They were so happy. And the teachers there are so gentle and loving and supportive. And I'm, I'm just really thankful that that is part
1: of my children's story and their um, you know, life growing up here in New York City. Oh, that's amazing. And I'm, I'm really yeah. happy we have that in Queens because we, yeah, we need more programs like that. When you go back to your family, do they ever ask you this question? Because I get that a lot. Why don't you move from New York now that you have kids?
2: Yeah, Um, I think that would just make my parents so happy. (laughs) Um, But uh, so my my husband's family um, immigrated from China and. And um, it's really important for me to uh, to raise my children in a multicultural environment um, and to have the exposure and the accessibility, um, you know, to access their culture and especially as they get older and how they care and want to engage with that. I want that option but where I grew up it's, it's beautiful. Um, and I'm grateful that I did grow up there, but it's very homogenous. Um, so they would just be, you know, really limited in culture. Um, uh, and it wouldn't be the same environment that they're growing up in and, you know, living in Queens, it's the most diverse, um, borough. It's the most diverse place. Uh, I don't know in the whole world. I don't know. It feels like that. Yeah. We walk down just like the street in our neighborhood and, there are so many different languages that we get to hear that the boys are exposed to. We, I can't even. I don't even think I can count like all of their friends. How many other languages they speak? Like it's, you know, it's so much and it's so cool that we get to grow up here and that the boys get to be raised in this environment. Um, so I, I love what we have now and I love what we have here. So I don't
1: really feel a need to change that. Um, to so yeah. yeah that's great thank you for the tip that's what i say i just want tell my family but sometimes and, i don't get it <laughs> yeah yeah you yeah. have to live you know enjoy it here for it to get it yeah so you, and i
2: think you know it's kind of like with um business and what i do, like you have to be the most authentic version of yourself whatever that looks like and i truly feel that here um, so, and I want to be able to model that to my children.
1: That's a, that's a really great tip because they model everything. You know, if we're not happy where we are or what we're doing, where we yeah. live, the choices that we make, they, yeah. they totally sense yeah. that. So how old are your kids? Yeah. Um, I have
2: my, my big one is, will be six this spring and the little one is, uh, four, he'll be five in the fall. So they're just shy of 17 months apart.
1: Oh, wow. And did you grow up? Cause I hear this a lot from, I have parents that like they knew they were going to be moms and they have parents that are like, Nope, I, it was not in the cards. What was that for you?
2: Um, I think I always wanted to be a mom. Um, I think I was like always there. Um, you know, when I was in my early twenties and I was living in California at the time, um, I had some, you know, health issues. And so basically the conversation was circling around that, like me having children might be really hard and for it to occur naturally. And being in my early twenties, not married yet. Um, but in my the serious relationship with my now husband, you know, that wasn't what I was thinking about too much, but knowing that it, could possibly be like taken away that kind of hit me really hard a lot harder than I thought mm-hmm. um but then my children were a beautiful gift and a surprise and they happened you know earlier and and naturally so I'm, I'm really grateful um that I got to be a mother um even though it wasn't totally on my terms but it
1: was still good and I wouldn't change any of it of course so would you mind um sharing what was it that you had
2: Um, you know, the, I don't know, uh, I, I, I don't know what it was like at the time, um, because like we did tests, but the doctors, everything was like a bit inconclusive, if you will. Um, but I recently, um, again, some other like medical stuff is coming up and recently I've been diagnosed with PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome. Um, and so maybe that was like a precursor of it happening then but I you know thankfully didn't have any issue it it can manifest itself in a lot of different ways but I didn't have any issues conceiving um my boys so I don't you know I'm not really sure what it was but I wasn't trying to dig too hard I was in my early 20s and like not planning to have children right I I thought I would wait until um, much later but you know here they are and here we are. And it's really because of them that I got my business started. Um, So yeah, I I feel like a lot of things happened for a reason. And I think all of this came together as it should be.
1: That's amazing. And did you have both boys here in Queens? Um, Did you live here uh, already?
2: No. No. So when we um, had my oldest, we were living um, on the Upper East Side and so he well both of them were born at Lennox Hill um and so I was after my first uh I walked home <laughs> from the hospital <laughs> with him
1: was it that close
2: uh I mean it was like 11 blocks or oh so.
1: my god so after uh, giving birth you walked home
2: yeah <laughs> yeah it's like oh my gosh. Story. was
1: it I'm sorry was it natural
2: um, no, it was a uh, C-section. It was oh.
1: an emergency oh, C-section. Oh, my goodness. And they let you do that? Yeah. <laughs> I was pretty determined. <laughs> oh,
2: my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Um, And then, so he, he was born, he, um, and then it was that following like February, right around this time of the year. And then we're like, okay, our lease is up. We should start looking for a different apartment. And my mother-in-law kept talking about Forest Hills in Queens. And she's like, oh, it's such a good neighborhood, good schools. Like you, sh- you guys should look there. And then we're like, wow, we get like double this space and we're paying less on rent. This is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) So we, uh, so we moved out here and that's what now, like five years ago. Um, And then, so I was pregnant with my second when we moved out here. Um, and wow. then we just we decided to keep the um the our same doctor and deliver again at Lenox Hill. Just, you know, you kind of do what you know and mm-hmm. there's comfort in that. Um so yeah, so he was born at Lennox Hill too, but that was a little bit more um, exciting. I ended up like going into labor, like okay. at home on the morning of a scheduled C-section. Um, And we thought, okay, well, we'll just play it as it is. It happened to be that Obama was in town and the U.N. was convening and our plan was to take a car, which would have taken maybe 30 minutes into the city. Um, But it said that it would be two hours. So I took the subway <laughs> to Lenox Hill, okay. like full-on contractions, like every two, maybe two, two and a half minutes apart. Um, yeah, so I feel like my children were really born of New York, like <laughs> from the start.
1: <laughs> New York style, old dramatic, from the yeah, movies. Yeah. It sounds like the movies. Yeah, but you made it on time. We made it. Okay. It was
2: fine. Um, he ended up being a C-section, too. Um, but, yeah, two healthy, healthy baby boys um, who've continued to grow and eat me out of my home.
1: They um. Since you said that you walked home with the first C-section, and then it seems like, because some people, they're very good at recovering from... um. Mm. Uh, you know, surgeries. Did you do anything yeah. different to take care of yourself after surgery or what uh, do you think it was?
2: So the both C sections were the only surgeries I've ever had. Um and I just knew for my own sanity I needed to move. Um, but I also try to be very good at uh, listening to my body. So I didn't I never tried to like push it too much. I mean, it was a very slow walk home with my first. <laughs> and um, and then, you know, when you have a second, you have an older child to be chasing after that. You just
1: do the best you can. That's true. And now that they're older and you have, I guess, a little bit more of your time
2: mm-hmm. that they
1: don't need you so much. Is that when you started the business? How, how did you start um, organized from the start?
2: Yeah, sure. That's a great question. Um, so, yes, it the business was born kind of from my, my boys, if you will. So we moved out here. We got connected with an amazing group of friends that I'm like every day. So thankful I have. And, you know, some people would be asking me for tips. They'd be like, wow, your home is so tidy. Like, how are you doing that with two little ones? I'm like, I don't know. I just, I do it. And then, you know, then it kind of escalated. So then people were asked, friends were asking me like, Oh, can you help me like do this closet? Or could you help me with something else? And so I kind of jumped in and like, wow, this is really amazing. And every single time I felt energized and so happy. And I realized like, this is my superpower. Let's like really engage with that and see what it can um, turn into. So that's when I started doing some research uh, about what it looks like to be a professional organizer. I joined the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals um, and started attending meetings and expanding my education just to, like, learn more and be better and do better. Um, I have got connected with a wonderful group of um, colleagues and, and peers. Um, so, yeah, I keep... I just like keep moving forward with the business and it's really because of, of the boys where they got to a point where like you said they needed me less and so I had more time to think about what I wanted to do because um, after we moved out to Queens I stopped working full-time and, and so I- I could stay home with the boys and that was such a beautiful gift to be able to do that and uh but it it was always in the conversation that i'd go back to work we just didn't quite know what that would look like and i really wanted to create something that would be on my own terms and be able to um, support my family um, but I'd still be able to, you know, pick them up from school or drop them off or go on field trips. I wanted to have that flexibility or, you know, be off when they have holiday breaks, things like that. When I was working full time, I was in retail management. Um, so I worked for some, some really great companies. I worked for Kate Spade and Ted Baker. And, um, before that, you know, I did, I worked at J. Crew. um, but, you know, I, it was funny, like I'm thinking back now that I started the business anytime, because I'm an introvert, like anytime I would ever feel, um, overwhelmed, you know, and being in retail, you, you just always have to be on. And sometimes that was really exhausting for me. And anytime I needed to recharge, I would usually end up going to like our office and like reorganizing a drawer or like tidy something. Because again, like I realized now that was, my superpower that's what energizes me that's what gets me excited and made me able to like go back out and take the time to like and and give the focus and attention to um, customers and
1: to my employees and things like that Mm -hmm. so just for anyone listening um if they haven't you know they're just finding out about you how do you keep an organized home with two little ones
2: Uh, that's a great question. And I think it looks different for every family. Um, but I, I really wanted to start my business based on what I was learning as a parent. And I truly believe in empowering children with independence. So what that looks like is, it is uh, accessibility. For the children, you know, once it, gets to, once it gets to a certain age. But even, you know, babies can kind of be witnessed to and have access to, like, their own little toys or what have you. Um, so having access to clothing, to... Um, to their toys, having easy containers to hold toys, having access to the dinner plates and silverware so they can participate in setting the family table, having accessibility to their shoes and their coats so they can start putting them on independently. Um, because when we um, empower our children to... Take on these things, um, whether it's getting dressed, or cleaning up, or setting the table, or cleaning up after dinner time. It makes our job as a parent a whole lot easier. We have more capacity to take more on. So when we give power to the kids, obviously, you know, it's it, it will vary by age, but you can always adapt and change things. And so that's the thing about organizing is that you don't just put something in place and it's going to be perfect from babyhood to like the teenage years, that's not gonna, it, it it constantly changes and it should, um, you should be, you know, thinking about what's next, um, the, the next stage in life and, um, what, what the needs will be at that time. So having things be accessible, um, to all of, all of the children and even the adults, you know, you don't want to have things like a bunch of stuff shoved in a, a shelf, um, Because then you just don't have access to it. Then you can't get to it. Then you can't see what you have. And then you're wasting money because you're going to the store and buying multiple things just to find it months later on the back of your shelf. And then also hand-in-hand with accessibility is visibility. You have to be able to see it. You have to know where to put it away. And you also have to, like, be able to know that you have what you have and how much of whatever that is, whether it's um, like a cooking ingredient in your kitchen and you're in a your, pantry or um, beauty products or other toiletries, even yeah, toilet paper, uh, you want to be able to see it all. So you're not wasting your money. So yeah, those are like big, the big tips, big things I definitely advocate is the visibility, accessibility, and then um, separately uh, empowering kids. Those are, yeah, I,
1: I think they're really great tips, but they're a little like, rebellious tips because we grew up i don't know thinking like you can't touch it like the kids shouldn't have accessibility like we're not so sometimes we bring out how we're parenting to our kids you know so it's kind of unlearning some things from our parents because i remember having like this big shelf like you can't touch this. And my mom saying, oh, cause I was the baby one in the family. I'm the youngest. I'm like, oh, the baby can't touch that. She can't reach that. She can't do this. Like everything was like a no, no, no. Yeah. So that, that really impacts you as a kid, like hearing always, no, don't touch that. You know?
2: Absolutely. And, um, when my boys were very young, I, was really curious about different styles of parenting and the different, like, methodology of early childhood education. And I really felt pulled to Montessori. And so there's, you know, a big emphasis on natural items, natural um, toys, and, uh, like, real things. So if something breaks, like a plate... It's okay. They learned that that thing breaks and it is fragile. So the next time they'll treat it with more care. Um, So that's kind of what um, I put in place with my kids and, then it just like it just seems to make sense to me. And then obviously, I want everyone, children, partners, whoever is living under one household, to know that they can take care of everything. That the responsibility doesn't fall onto one person. Um, so I think that's yeah, that's kind of rebellious too. Because and and certain households, um, especially you know like. Um, my parents grew up in you know the fifties and sixties, and there is a very um, a clear delineation of the roles in the household. So they grew up kind of seeing that and emulating that. And um, I think, yeah, it's I, I I think it's it makes for a happier home when everyone can take on um, the responsibilities and the roles of tidying.
1: That's true. Had, what has been, like, without saying names or giving away too much, but what has been, like, one of your worst cases and, like, you helped, really, the family th- through it?
2: Um, I mean, I don't, because of, like, you know, the, the ethics of the business, I don't like to um talk too much, you know, about my of clients. Course, um, of course. But I would say just generally to give you an idea is... Or, like, um, a
1: typical case, I, I sure.
2: would Sure. So, I think what I see a lot is that families, they they see the price tag, you know, of like what it costs to work with a professional organizer. And they're like, oh, that's too much money. Like I can just do this myself. Um, but the thing is, it it's such a multi-layer process organizing, right? Like, It goes beyond just coming in and making your home look beautiful. It's it's transferring skills. I'm teaching family members how to um, to declutter, right? So some people like they might might not be able to go through that process of decluttering on their own. They need someone to help them along the way and figure out what's a priority in their home, what should be there, what shouldn't be there. Um, So that's something. that that I'm teaching and exchanging. And then we're also kind of, you know, it's very emotional for a lot of families to like work through their physical stuff because it it taps into their emotional stuff and why they're hanging on to things. So there's that component of it, which has a lot of value. Um, It's also like we were just talking about with uh, empowering kids. You know, a lot of parents are doing things for their children. They're, you know, in elementary school and still helping them put on their shoes or put on their coats. Um, But they're not, they don't realize that they can have the freedom of like having their children do things for themselves and be full participants in the households. Um, And then beyond that, you know, once a home gets tidied, it's, oh, you can actually see, um what products or what things you have in your home, so you're not wasting money on future purchases because you can actually see what you have. And then it's also the knowledge of knowing that, yeah, an organizational system will change. Um, it's not always going to be stagnant because children get older. there are going to be different needs of the family. Um, so having kind of a guide to follow after my work is done, and then finally, it's also I'm a resource. After I'm done working with a client, um, I, I they can call me. You know, they could they could send me a text. They can reach out to me, or we can do follow up sessions if they don't need like a full package. You know, to do their own home, but they just need help with like a smaller space, um, or or just like how to transition something to um, life changes i'm I'm that resource that can help them follow up and maintain systems, so I think you know not speaking specifically about clients um but that financial like what, what they see at first can be shocking and they don't see the value in it. But really what I do, it goes beyond just making a home look pretty. It's making it functional. It's um, giving power back to all of the family members to be participants. Um, and it's just, there, there's so much more value in it than just the monetary amount.
1: Of course. I mean, it sounds honestly just listening to you, It sounds so stressful (laughs) for me because I don't love it. You know, I don't love what what you're doing. So for me, I just, oh my gosh, I have to do all this work for these people. (laughs) Yeah. But, But, you know, I got to tell you, um, so
2: there's, I I will give this example because I've already asked permission, um, but I worked with someone and it was just four-hour kitchen. It was pretty straightforward. Um, we created a snack station for her son to like independently access his snacks, whatever. So it was four hours. That's as much as it was. And at the exact same time when we were done, she said, Oh, I'm so exhausted. And I'm like, I'm so energized. Like at the exact same time. So yeah, this is like something weird that I do, yeah. but I love it. And it, um, it, it it's my superpower. It, it's, it great, is because
1: <laughs> I was going to ask him, like, how do you recharge afterwards? But no, that's like you recharge. <laughs>
2: This this is it for me. I mean, I just, it just it makes me so happy. And like, who wouldn't want to have a job, um, a career that you know every time they they feel happy? Um, it's not always perfect, right? You know, just like anything. But it's just so much fun for me. Oh <laughs>
1: And what is your routine like right now with like managing, you know, being your own boss and now with the two boys going to school and, you know, reconnecting with your husband. How do you try to find that balance, quote unquote balance?
2: That's a great question. Um, And it's something there's still bits that I'm trying to figure out. Um, So for my boys, It's very straightforward. So I try to keep their routines as simple as possible. um, And I build in extra time. So like for the mornings, um, we really, for my younger or my older son, we don't need to leave our home until like 7.30, right? But we typically wake up at six and that's an hour and a half. So that's like a lot of time but they go to bed at seven o'clock at night so that they've always needed about 11 hours of sleep. So that kind of works for us. And then in they wake up, the only thing they really have to do in the morning, they've got to get dressed for school. They've got to eat breakfast and then any like final tidying's, like filling up their water bottle, prioritizing what's important um, to you and to your family. So I want to have a peaceful morning. That's really important to me. And so having a little extra time in the morning is always okay um, because then we don't have to have that frustration. Then, you know, I drop my older one off at his bus stop and from there then my younger one doesn't need to go to school till about nine o'clock. So we have some time to read play or I might try to get, you know, a little bit of work done if he's happily playing. Um, so that's kind of what our morning typically works uh, looks like. Um, I am still trying to, I decided that like what I I needed is to work with like a business coach to kind of help me figure out some details and, and things that I'm struggling with. So I'm just getting started with that. And I'm really excited to have like another, you know, some outside eyes looking to help make my life more efficient because that's what I want and just like move forward with um, my business and some of my business goals. So, um, our other routines, you know, vary day to day. So like, you know, we're chatting on a Monday, usually Mondays are my admin days where I try to take care of, um, emails and connecting and getting things up for my Instagram. Um, I'm planning that out for the week or for a couple of weeks. Um, so it, it, it looks different. And then I am also trying to, um, take care of myself. Uh, cause last year I was so invested in putting so much energy into getting the business off the ground that I wasn't taking care of myself at all. Um, so I was like looking back at what made me happy in the past and it kept falling back to me mentally, um, to running and to, um, hot yoga. So I decided that I'm not going to do one, but I'm going to do two, uh, half marathons this spring. <laughs> so I've got one coming up in a couple weeks. So I'm running three days a week. Um, so that kind of falls into my morning routine, um, after my little one gets dropped off at school. Um, and then, yeah, you know, we do school pickups. Some days it looks different because if I'm with a client or if I have networking meeting or what have you, um, it, it it varies from day to day, but I try to keep things simple, especially with the kids, um, because I don't want to put too much strain or too much stress on our family or like family dynamics. Um, so yeah, simple is 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 good, and it's what works for our family.
1: That's really great. I think you gave so much tips. That, like I oh god, I, I sorry, I because I can relate to it so much when you said that you were, you know, trying to work. You were working so much to get the business off the ground, and you weren't taking mm-hmm. care of yourself. And that how that time was to now, where you feel like you are in control of your life, and not yeah. things, like not things are happening to you, but you actually being so intentional.
0: Yes. Was there a turning yeah.
1: point that you said, okay, this I have to stop these bad habits? i'm just overworking myself with everything yeah i mean it so
2: um for me you know i was just making a lot of unhealthy choices um for myself and uh, last year i like managed to gain 30 pounds and that just happened because i wasn't taking care of myself i was you know making um Not the healthiest food choices. I was feeling really stressed out, Um, and I just wasn't dealing with that well. So that was kind of the turn. Once it like kind of like I stopped ignoring that, (laughs) that you know that weight gain. That I was like, okay, I need to turn this around. I need to feel better. I need to kind of um, declutter mentally, whatever's like blocking me, um, from moving forward in a a more intentional and and healthy way. Um, and yeah, so it was like around December where I finally felt like things were, were picking up well enough with the business and like family stuff was kind of settling down. And I just, you know, I realized, It was really important for me to rewrite my narrative and rewrite what I thought I could be and what I thought I could do that I, I can be healthy and I can run my business and I can be present for my kids and I can be present with my husband. Um, so it's just uh, making some small adjustments here and there. Not every week, not every day is perfect. Um, but I'm trying. And it'll keep improving. So, you know, I go to um, hot yoga. I try to go three times a week after the boys are asleep. So that means, like, I'm not home with my husband, but he really likes to watch TV shows. Like, that's his thing. He watches them, like, on his commute into the city and, and back, um for work but then there's like you know he really gets into something and he wants to spend more time like watching that show well that lets him recharge and have his solo time at night when I go to yoga and then you know um on the days that I'm not going to yoga or on the weekends we're spending more quality time together
1: that's great and what are some other things like when you say quality time like do you guys have like any specifics like off the phone just talking about your day no kids mentioned or what does that look like for you um
2: so it's more just talking yeah like not talking about kids stuff not doing logistics I forget where I read it but um oh I wish I could remember but there's something like um if you want to make more quality time with your partner don't like handle the logistics during the day, whether it's like through email or through a text, like just make those communications through the day. So when you see each other at nighttime or on the weekends or whatever that looks like that um, you can talk about more than just the logistics of running your family. Um, So I tried to put that in place um, to not deal with those details too much. Um, And then we try, you know, we, so I I think I mentioned before that my mother-in-law watches the boys. Um, so she is like a huge support system for when I'm working, um, and doing business related stuff. And then we also try to squeeze in some daytime dates and we don't always do night night times because we live, you know, like, about a 45 minute train ride away from her. Um, so we never want to ask her to come over like at nighttime, um, to be here with the boys. So we try to do like daytime dates. So going out, like we both love eating food, you know, that's <laughs> I mean, who doesn't, but just like going out to a, a restaurant and have, you know, having conversation and not having to like monitor, you know, a child's behavior in a restaurant though, you know, ours are pretty good, but still we don't, we can just fully focus on each other that's really nice so it might not be you know the quintessential date um, but it works for us
1: that's great um I love food as well So, where, <laughs> what restaurant was the last one that you enjoyed the most oh, um that's a really good question because there's so many so
2: there's there are so it's many. So many. <laughs> Um, so usually when we do daytime dates, um, we're in Manhattan because that's where my, my in-laws live. Um, so we don't get to too many restaurants in Queens, um, like one-on-one, but, um, oh gosh, there are so many, I don't know. (laughs) the the beautiful burden of living in new york city is that you have so much good food
1: um but your husband is chinese right yeah is he like a critic when you go like to chinese restaurants like authentic chinese restaurants like is this good they didn't do it right like mom (laughs) you know what um
2: so obviously, like, we do fast food Chinese, like, in our neighborhood, and that's, like, fine, because it is what it is. Um, there's a decent noodle place um, in our neighborhood uh, that does hand-pulled noodles that we really like. Um, but we don't do too much, like, Chinese food out like you know more authentic food because like if we want Chinese food we're gonna go to my mother-in-law's and she's gonna like right. cook real food right like it just yeah it doesn't make sense for us to okay.
1: go out yeah, yeah that, that, that's so true I'm the same way I'm like if I'm from Peru so I'm like if yeah. I eat Peruvian it's it never like it, it, it's never the same it's not thing. the same <laughs> yeah yeah, that's yeah it's like a hint of
2: it, right? But it's like never complete. Like it's not that same comfort when you're eating it.
1: So now that you're training for your marathon, what what does eating look like for you? Mm, um. So
2: for a really long time, I uh, was vegetarian. Um, like on and off, basically my, my whole relationship with my husband. <laughs> so, um, but I've noticed I need like a higher intake of protein. Um, so I am eating a lot more protein, um, And then, you know, when you, when you do good things for your body, you want to put good things in to, and food becomes more of a fuel, um, than a comfort, or at least, you know, in my experience. So I find that I'm trying to, you know, um, get better foods into my body. So I'll do like a really, really hearty salad usually for lunch. Um, and then I try, I try to stay away from, um, Gluten, just because of like the reactions that I get from it. So, um, other forms of like carby vegetables with, with paired with proteins. Like, I love sweet potatoes. So, lots of sweet potatoes with some like chicken or steak or what have you.
1: Okay, great. Is there, can you tell us where to find you on social media?
2: Absolutely. Um, thank you first for so much for having me. It's been a lot of fun chatting. Um, so, everyone can find me on Facebook and Instagram at organized dot from dot the dot start. So organized from the start start with periods in between each word.
1: Thank you so much. Are there any tips you can give us like for just to do like one thing a day to get a little bit more organized? So if anyone calls you, it's not <laughs> such a mess.
2: <laughs> um so I would first recommend, I guess, um, checking out my January Instagram posts because I did little challenges each day. Um, so that's a great kind of starting point if you're referring to my social media, but I think what's really important for families is is to one prioritize what's important. That's going to look different for every family, but figure out what's really important. Is it that quality time together? Then that's going to look like kind of decluttering your schedule and getting rid of unnecessary things. Um, And if you set your yourself and your family up for success that's really going to look like as I mentioned before that visibility and that accessibility so think how you can make things easier for you and your and everyone in your family it might look like labels it might look like clear containers it might just look like tidying up a shelf a little bit and putting things in order um so just think about those things. Um, but really if you can first declutter your, your time, then a lot of things are going to be a lot easier.
1: Oh my gosh. That I've never heard of that before. So I'm really, really grateful for that. I didn't think about that, like decluttering your time. That's amazing. Thank you so much for your wisdom.
2: Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Take care. Bye-bye. You too.
0: Bye. My biggest takeaway from this episode is when Andrea shares about the importance of being your most authentic self. Many times as a parent, we think of ourselves as martyrs who only give, but it is essential to recognize what makes us happy as well and model that to our children. What was your biggest takeaway from this episode? I would love to hear from you. So please tag us on our Instagram account, Simple Parenting in Queens. Thank you so much.